Assalamualaikum ji. Welcome back to another episode of Kakaya Kazi. My guest today was Aisha Binte Rashid. Aisha is a journalist. We get to speaking about the paradigms that govern the Me Too movement in Pakistan, about how to interact with conversations about mental health, conversations about sexual harassment, about what it is to live in fear of sexual harassment, of rape, and of how we are often governed by powerful personalities and maybe don't hold them accountable like we should. Enjoy. Three, two, one. Aisha Binti Rashid. How are you doing, Aisha? Why are you smiling? I'm good, because that was very interesting to see. The yeah, three, it, two, it, one. Yeah, it just... Um, I, I don't know... I don't know how I started that. What? Oh, uh, three, the, two, the, the one, three, two, one. But you I just do it, it now. You usually cut it out, I'm guessing. Huh? You usually cut it out, I'm guessing. No, I never cut it out. Oh, okay. I, 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 In fact, I make it a rule to not cut it out. That's interesting. That's fun. Why do I... Khair, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. 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 Mm. Alhamdulillah. Well, so, you had gone to... Abhi Thoyadin Pele, you were in Lahore. I was in Islamabad. Yeah, you were in Islamabad. Yeah. For, for what? I went to see my best friend. Okay. Uh, her name is Sanya, so shout out to Sanya. Sanya is her best friend. Yeah. Cool. I haven't uh, been out of the city in a really long time, so I just needed a break. So I went to Islamabad. It was uh-huh. a lot of fun. The air was so fresh and like so clean. And the weather was nice and cool, you know. I was wearing a coat and sweaters, which was like a pleasant change from Karachi sure. to Marchi Garmi. Sure, sure, sure. Um, what, what do you work? How do you, what's your work? So yeah. I am, so right now I've taken some time off work since December. I've not done much work, but I'm a journalist mm-hmm. uh, by profession. Uh, right out of college, I used to work for Herald Magazine at dawn. Wow. Then I was at Coke Studio for about a year and a half. And then I was at Soch Videos. It's like a digital media organization. Awesome. Herald, uh, I know. Coke Studios? Coke Studio, I used to uh, do their like, press releases and things like that. And then while I was there, we started a blog. So I would write, there was a blog post for every story and every artist. Sorry, every song and every artist. Cool. So I would write that. Yeah, that was a great experience. Yeah. I did like hundreds of hours of interviews. So my interviewing skills sort of became really polished during that time. And I also wrote a lot and yeah. you know, just got narratives out of those interviews. So that was an amazing experience. I think it really taught me a lot. Have you, so, your, but your journalism has most of it centered around uh, music? So, yeah, so a lot of my work as a freelance journalist has been centered around culture and music, you know, things like film reviews, uh, covering events, uh, musical events, and things like that. But at Herald and Soch, in these jobs, it was... At Herald, I was mostly a, a desk editor, but okay. the writing I did was, like, social justice uh, geared. Okay. Okay. And at Soch, I was a fact checker for a bit. And then when I started doing videos, that was also social justice geared. Okay. And that is my aim, to full-time for my beat to be social justice, basically. Social justice. Yeah. Uh, define that. So just anything, like the rights of gender minorities, the rights of uh, ethnic and religious minorities, the challenges they face, the... Uh, challenges faced by workers in factories, in shipyards, you know, I, that's one specific story that I did, uh, of domestic workers. So that's social justice. Society challenges basically that. Animals also, I'm big on animals. You of know? course, no, of course. Um, anyone who's ostracized, anyone who is in need of help, yes, justice basically. of any sort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Um, so, but this this has always been your pursuit, right? 
Yeah, but journalism? Yeah, oh. no, social justice. No, when I was younger and I just started journalism, I had very lofty ideas of being a war correspondent. And then I, yeah, and then I started okay. journalism and I realized being a war correspondent is not as easy as I thought it would be. I mean, why were you thinking it was easy at all? It's yeah. a war yeah, correspondent. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I never thought it would be easy, but it was in my head, it was a cool thing to do. But then I started going out on the field and, you know, interacting with suffering in the real world. Oh, yeah. And I realized that, you know, the suffering that is probably present in wars is probably 10 times as much. And yeah. it takes a lot of, you know, stamina to be able to cover that. I decided that that may not be the best thing for me. Sure. And then I was sort of just exploring things, meandering around a bit. But I think for the past two, three years, I've known it's going to be you know, social, social justice. justice. Yeah, uh, I, there's, a, there's an anecdote. It's an anecdote. It's an anecdote uh, that uh, a war correspondent shared. It, it was in the starting of a book. I don't remember the book. Yeah. I don't remember any of it. But it was in Vietnam. Yeah. And uh, he was... Uh, the person, the, the war correspondent, was speaking to. Uh, he was speaking to victims. Huh. No, not victims per se. So survivors of the war, no. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so he asks around. He's like, at the end of the day, you know, this is how you break suffering down to statistics. And I suppose you have to at some point. Uh, yeah. What are you going to report, right? Yeah. So he's the, just the coldness of it. So he's like. Anyone here been raped? Yeah. All the hands go yeah, up. Right? Yeah. He looks around. He's like, anyone here who's been raped speak English? Immediate next question. That's just, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? And, and, and I suppose... That's so interesting because yeah. you have to record it, yeah. right? Yeah. And you have to, you can't talk to them. There's no time to learn their language. Their language, it's just, yeah. You know? So you have to... That's very interesting. Uh, and... Super heavy that, also, huh? Yeah, that's super heavy. And I, I guess that was also that also brings to mind the question of... Because see, Hamid, as a very traditional journalism training, that you don't become a part of the story. You keep yourself removed, right? Okay. Especially war correspondents uh, have this... Uh, uh, traditionally in war correspondents, there's this sort of idea that if... You know, you just take a picture. If someone is suffering, if, if, if someone is being shot down, you take a picture and you move on. You don't try to interfere in the story in any way. Yeah, but how could you, how much of yourself yeah. do you kill in the process yeah, of that, Yeah, exactly, right? right? How, how do you... And that, I think that idea has become very outdated now, especially with uh, the younger crop of journalists, because we realize that our work is political and there's no such thing as our objectivity in our work. Hundred, by come the, on. You know, like, by, yeah. yeah, and we have to, if we're doing something, if we're talking about something, then that talking about something itself is an interference in the scenario, right? Of course. Because you're bringing it to light, you're making a point about it. Right. So that's, yeah, it's interesting that you would bring that up. That's but, very heavy. Because, uh, so... Uh, when I was in, in school, I studied philosophy, right? And often this would be something that I would say, you know, people would be like, objective truth, kya hota hai? Uh. I'm like, for a person, the only kind of objectivity that you can aspire towards is to be cognizant of your subjectivity, mm, right? Yeah. So the only objectivity I can aspire towards is that I become cognizant of as much biases as I have. Yeah. And then it's that completely objective. Ho, but I need to at least be cognizant of you know, my biases as a, a man, as a, as, as a Sunni Muslim, as, as a Sindhi, yeah. uh, you know, as someone who's this height, who's this built, uh, this complexion, at least all of those yeah. things, right? Yeah. And, and, and you, you start to figure out why people respond to 
uh, things the way they do, I, I suppose, you know? And there's also a, a real power in being cognizant of your own subject, subjectivity, which is that you automatically are aware that you could be wrong because there's no 100%. objective reality that you have access to, right? Of course. And that allows you to grow, and it, I think it generally just makes you a better person because then if someone is saying something to you, you don't immediately get defensive. You know, okay, okay yeah, maybe I'm wrong, so I can listen to you. Yeah. And I can be open to what you are telling me. Yeah, but there is a problem in that you are going to be going on your own. I am going to be wrong. But when you, when you float that idea out there that I am going to be wrong, most generally, and I am generalizing, I have to, I suppose, to make this statement, most people, instead of being like, we can be wrong, they go, yes, you are wrong. Yeah, you give them weakness, even for a second, yeah. they're just like, oh, no, no, we are wrong. You are wrong. It's just very, very strange. It's a strange landscape Pakistan is to exist as far as ideas are concerned. Na? Yeah. And I mean, your current situation, case in point, um, you know, you, you know, try to bring something to light and immediately were bombarded with all sorts of irrelevant uh, pressures and, and, and information that really shouldn't have anything to do yeah, with yeah, you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just so, so strange. And but something I, that, uh, sorry, I'm going to cut you no, off. Please, please but do. It was very in interesting to me what you just said about the other person's reaction <clears throat> because <clears throat> when I did what I did and I started getting a lot of messages about you know how I'm very strong and people were sending me prayers and you know people were thanking me because they felt their experiences were seen. I felt like I had been put on a pedestal and I, that really started scaring me because I was like, but no, I don't belong on a pedestal. I'm a very flawed person. You know, there's been situations where I've overstepped other people's boundaries. You know, sure. and and so don't put me on a pedestal. Don't think of me as this amazing person. Just recognize that we all have good and bad. And I wanted to make a post about it, like saying that, you know, I have been wrong in certain situations. And so I guess other people can also be wrong sure. in certain situations. But everyone around me told me not to do that because they said that this is, if you show even a little bit of weakness right now, opposing parties are just going to clamp onto it and they're going to use it against you. Yeah, because but that, that is a problem in our, in our yeah. uh, judicial system, no, where defamation is just so much easier to prove than then, harassment yeah. or anything of that yeah. sort. No? So, hi, I suppose for that reason alone, because you can't right now show weakness like that. Yeah. You, yeah. Just, you don't have the liberty, I'm sorry. It's just not something you, you can, you're allowed to do. But that's such an interesting thing to say. Uh, I think Carl Jung the. Carl Jung never said that, you know, if you do, if, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but if you do not gain cognizance of your great proclivity for evil, huh. काम किया ही नहीं आपने ना आप अगर बैठे हुए थे कि यार मैं तो कभी भी ऐसा नहीं कर सकता प्लीज ऑल ऑफ़ अस कैन वेर वन वो जोकर बोलता है ना आई फॉरगेट विच नॉवेल इट वाज पर इट वाज एन ग्राफिक नॉवेल बैटमैन की इसमें जोकर बोलता है यो वन बैड डे अवे फ्रॉम बीइंग मी वन बैड डे इज़ ऑल इट टेक्स I mean, in all these situations, you have to be able to get out of In your personal life, you, you can't begin to heal or reach a point of wholeness till you 
uh, sort of uh, recognize the dichotomies in yourself. You sure, know, sure. till you recognize that there's a bad part of me and I will hold space for it and I will ask that part of me what, what it needs in order for it to heal. Sure. Right? So, you have growth cut off without, if you don't recognize and if you are not ready to say, okay, I did something wrong and I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're just, you're doing yourself a disservice. Sure, of course. Because the, if you've done something wrong and other people can see what you've done wrong, you're not fooling them by saying that I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, right? you could, you could, like, you know, we we should we must get into this okay, there are certain types of personalities certain types of accolades that will enable you to silence people yeah, right to yeah. pressure them into being quiet but again yeah eventually the truth will come out and even if it doesn't yaar mere baat sunona you know do you believe in no afterlife do you believe mm-hmm. in no karma any all of those concepts essentially hold that what you did will come back yeah. to you. Yeah, in you some know? way or the other. Yeah. It, it, if, if nothing else, then you're, it's going to keep you up at night. You sure. know, Even if you're totally successful and nothing bad happens to you, there's going to be a part of yourself that hates the part of you that's not good. You know, because you've not uh, worked on like put, bringing them together. Yeah. So if nothing else, it's going to keep you up at night. It, if nothing else, it's going to manifest in some sort of so- self-loathing. Sure, sure, right? sure absolutely. Uh, Someone actually said to me in my the and by, by mind you this person is a PhD right yeah. so he's no like he's a proper very very intelligent person and he's like you should not uh, harbor bitterness. Huh. I'm like yar ye kaun budda aadmi mujhe bata raha hai I'm yeah. so angry I was very angsty yeah. I was I must have been 20 yeah 1920 oh just just angry all the time smoke aap mujhe kaise bata sakte ho rage against the machine <laughs> he's like you should let go of bitterness and I'm like okay you know and then i expected a reason why should i let go of bitterness he's like because bitterness will turn into cancer mm. i'm like ek minute boss <laughs> bitterness is a feeling how can it turn into something physical he's like that's how it happens man yeah a- and that's just there's no scientific way of proving it yeah no but right? i can believe that you know because i was telling you about this uh the uh, the the reason that again yeah. i did what i did was because it was turning into poison inside me and it was beginning to manifest physically my health was deteriorating i was uh, my ability to just even get out of bed and and do the simplest task like working you know i didn't have i didn't have the physical energy for it because there was all of this stuff that was building up inside me and it was all negative it was anger it was resentment you know it it, it wasn't physical cancer yet but it was definitely been. yeah but it was yeah. definitely turning into like a cancer of the soul so anger at who anger well at the person okay you Sorry. know uh, but that's that's normal yeah yeah anger at people around me who kept telling me to let it go like it was no big deal and who kept telling me to just give this person another chance um give him another chance to do what uh, just you know like have a conversation let them like forgive them you know l- let them prove that there is a good in them as well you know things like that and then uh, like I, i spoke about this on my social media as well then like anger at the people who i would i told ab- about this and they continued to interact with this person like like nothing had happened You know, so there was all sorts of, and then also anger at myself, honestly, for making myself vulnerable and putting myself in that position, you know. So there was all sorts of bitterness and anger building up. But like, I think, I think 
making yourself vulnerable is not a bad thing. I absolutely you know? don't think that. It, yeah. My my whole like brand is vulnerability because for a very long time I had a lot of walls up, right? And I wouldn't let the people around me in. And then I realized that I just it it makes me suffer. And then I flipped, and now I make myself like right? I make myself extremely vulnerable. If the first time I meet you, I will tell you about all my problems, and you know, just be myself. And and I realize that vulnerability is a means of connection because unless you're making yourself vulnerable, you can't connect truly as you are with the other person, and sure. the other person does can't know you enough to connect with you, right? Sure. So yeah, but but I didn't wasn't angry at myself in making myself vulnerable in that way. Okay. I just like putting making myself vulnerable by putting myself in that situation. How could you have known? I couldn't have known. In retrospect, right. I couldn't have known. But but there's something to be said, I think, about uh, the way we become beholden. At least in this moasha, generally we hota hoga. Mujhe nahi pata. I can only speak to this moasha. In this moasha, the way we become beholden to a certain kind of personality, right? A certain kind of success, a certain kind of story, a certain kind of, I don't know, visage, you know, maybe they look a certain, I don't, I don't know what it is, right? But it's something where rules don't apply to these people the same yeah. way they do to the yeah. rest of us, no? Yeah. There's some of that. If, if I'm being very honest, if uh, even before anything that happened happened, if I had interacted with this person um, and they weren't who they were, uh, and and they had acted in front of me and presented themselves as this person presents themselves, I would not give this person a second, second chance. I would not let them into my life at all. Yeah. Because they're just like, uh, kind of, you know, like they're not a pleasant presence to have in one's life. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose the reason that I also did it was because I was like, you know, th this is this person and yeah. I've been seeing this person for such a long time and they, you know, they got me through my teenage years with their art, right? So I, I guess I also understand why leeway is made because I myself made that leeway a little bit. Sure, okay. But at the same time, there's a line, right? There's only so much you should be able to excuse. When other people start getting hurt, because of this person, then you kind of need to start holding them accountable, no matter who they are. Do we begin to detach the art from the artist? Oh, very interesting question. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about this. Sure. And uh, the reason for that is that this person's art is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, it it uh, you know formed the landscape of my teenage years, and then even their later some some of their later stuff was I love it. And so recently what I've been doing is, interestingly, I've been making myself, you know, interact with that art. Like, okay. and it, it brings up a lot of feelings and it's very triggering, but I'm tr trying to start my, trying to train my mind to rem remove the artist from that art. Because it's it's beautiful art. Sure. Like you can't deny that it's beautiful art, right? I never art, got right? into it. But, but it, 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 yeah, it's good yeah, art, you yeah. know, to, to a certain, Till a certain time period, it, it was really good. People swear by it, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's so this. I don't have an answer to this, but I I do think that when you create something, myself as a writer, when I create something and I put it out there in the world, then it's no longer a part of me. No. Then it's a part. Then whoever interacts with it, it becomes a part of them in their own way, right? Fair. So I have I have very little to do with with how they interact with it. You know? Sure. So yeah, I do think you should. You should. Society needs to have conversations around. Okay, how do we 
you know make a distinction between yeah. the art and the artist because so so one of the other things that uh, informed your decision you said was how strong misha had been yeah. you know in in yeah. in coming out in yeah. coming out and 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 you know do, doing what she did but <clears throat> as a consequence of that lots of people have uh, <coughs> lots of people have boycotted aliza for's music yeah. right but his music was objectively good Yeah. you know to a lot of people yeah, it was just a lot it, of people yeah, yeah. And, and and so now people are conflicted they're like you know but he's this but the the art stands yeah, now yeah. you know in that epoch of time and that's the other thing the temporal value of it must cannot be you know yeah. downplayed like and in that epoch of time channo when yeah, came out yeah. was ridiculous yeah. this guy had shifted the paradigm yeah. right usse pehle there was uh, junoon y- yeah you know? and this was like a poppy fun yeah. thing it was like a big deal back then it was a big deal you know and so like do we now take that away from him retroactively because he did this thing yeah or matlab allegedly did this thing or whatever also yeah. it wasn't just him who made that art right even if it's a solo artist like ali zafar there's a lot of other people's work that goes into creating a piece of artwork sure, right sure. so uh, i mean what have they done to deserve that what they have worked on be boycotted right yeah. we also have to take that into consideration yeah dekho i think generally you know we are incapable of having a nuanced conversation mm. like even about it's very uh, black and white all yeah, the time yeah it has to be needs yeah. to be because we want to be angry at something yeah but anger uh necessitates black and white yeah, you yeah. can't be angry at you can be confused yeah. about because you know uh, there's this other thing that i heard that because of you know this whole case daniel zafar who's ali zafar's brother he was not getting gigs yeah. you know, he has nothing the younger to do, brother you know, yeah, he has nothing yeah, to do yeah. but what the hell yeah, you know yeah <coughs> controversy Yeah. Uh, this also reminds me of something actually really interesting because I had a lot of people in my inbox again uh, telling me that they were really like heartbroken because they had looked up to this person and they really enjoyed their art and now all of that had been ruined for them. And then I thought of this a few like this came to me like last week because I was going through this old scrapbook that I had made when I was 13. and i flipped a page and there was a news clipping of this person and their band and there was a little like note that i written about how much i love them and how much i love their you know ensemble yeah. and stuff like that and it really hit me that uh the the pain and hurt that other people are feeling at losing this idol that really hit me as well i realized that this was you know I mean the pers- removing the person but the ideal that I had made up in my head had been important to me sure. and I had lost that and that was actually you know so my, what I'm trying to say is to through the people listening that I get it yeah. I get that that you know you're hurting and that there's a certain amount of pain in, in a situation like this but that's why we need to learn to then start to separate the art from the artist sure. so that we can enjoy the art and what it does for us without having to worry about what kind of person the artist is right well, that and also aapne thodi der pehle ek baat ki you said holding space i think as a concept that is priceless yeah. holding space i think because so much of that na so much of again our discourse revolves around black and white ya ye ho sakta hai ye ho sakta you don't you need to understand sab kuch ho sakta hai aur sab kuch hona chahiye you know like for instance one of the things that happens with the me too movement in particular or or uh, harassment generally is then there's categories that are established by people who khuda na khasa have never gone through it but they establish it for the people who have gone through it right okay so w- w- what was the uh, grade 
of harassment, right? What tier? Uh, what yeah, tier, yeah. right? Allah rahm kare. Was it full blown? Uh, was it full blown rape or was it just harass? The thing is, why are you asking that? It shouldn't right? matter. It, it shouldn't yeah, matter, yeah. right? But but really, why are you asking that? Do you not have space for both? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, how you, much you know, space would it take? Excuse one and, you know, yeah. be okay with another. Uh-huh. I mean, look, if, you, if you're a judge, that's different, right? Then ask. But yeah. you're not a judge. Yeah. Aap, yeah. Aap, you are fucking Mubashir from, uh, uh, you know, Sargoda uh, yeah. with an internet connection asking me about, you know. So, so then why are you asking that? Yeah. It makes no sense, yeah. right? Yeah. Either you go through all that education and become a judge. And then a judge asks because the judge needs to hand out punishment uh, accordingly, uh, uh. right? So, yeah. It's not the same thing. Uh, so then why are you asking what was the level I, th- I think we just take entirely too much liberty with people and their pain. No? And the minute, the minute someone's vulnerable, instead of being like, shit, they're vulnerable, at the very least, let's leave them alone. Right, let's yeah. just let them be. Yeah. Um, we, on the contrary, go, huh? To you know, we start trying to make sense. Yeah. Oh, to yoga. Why were you there? You know, yeah. like, yeah. Na khasta, uh, uh, still people are like, hey, Noor, why was she? What the yeah. fuck, man? Yeah, that's you know? insane to me. Why was she in the house with him? Like, the the girl has has, has been killed. You know, in the most like, how can you be asking these questions? At least have some respect for the pain of the dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I got a lot of these questions like, what happened? Okay, but what happened? Okay, but what did he do? You know, from strangers who I'd never met or talked to, and my question was that why doesn't matter? If you believe me, then believe me and make a judgment call on that. If you don't believe me, then don't believe me. But then the, go on, you're living your life. Yeah, don't interact stop, with yeah, me. Yeah, stop trying to prove to me that I'm wrong. You know, just just do what you were doing before because yeah. then it just doesn't change your life in any way. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think that there needs to be a lot of yeah respect for the privacy of victims and just understanding that if a person is has felt abused or has felt harassed, that's good enough. You know, then it's it, it, it. Then the other person did do something. Even if the other person didn't do anything, right? And you believe that, that doesn't mean you start ostracizing the person who feels attacked, mm-hmm. na? Because okay, so there are case, and we you know defamation, all those things we spoke about. There are instances of a person trying to get away with actually defaming someone, right? ڈیزائڈ And, and it's very interesting because our mind immediately goes to, bhai, you know, okay, so this person has harassed you or they've, you know, been sexually abusive, um, but, like, this hasn't been proved in a court of law. You know, this uh-huh. argument is so much used to be. Court of law, when it's not proved, when it's not proved, when it's not proved, then who are we? But the, they don't apply the flip to, if it's not proved in a court of law, defamation is not proved. تو ہم کیسے آٹومیٹکلی کہہ سکتے ہیں کہ تم نے ڈیفیم کیا یو نو یہ کیوں یہ لاجک کیوں نہیں اپلائی ہو رہی واٹ از مور لائکلی ٹو ہیپن از دیٹ سروائیور آف سیکشل ہراسمنٹ اور ابیوز از مور لائکلی ٹو گو ان کورٹ فار ڈیفیمیشن دین دے آر ٹو گو یو نو ٹو فائل اے پٹیشن آف ہراسمنٹ اگینسٹ دیئر یو نو ہراسر دیٹ 
but we don't realize that and we don't you know take that into consideration when we are making our judgment calls why though like i don't know how much you've read about this i've read nothing yeah. i'll say that at the onset but i still know it's easier to prove defamation than it is to prove harassment why that's an interesting question i guess one thing is you know the lack of witnesses like your no one is going to harass out in the open right and if they are then they're an, it it like they're stupid like harassers are smart enough to not do it uh, out in the open so it's it's very i think it's easier to prove ki ye to hua hai nahi because there's no witnesses and there's uh-huh. no evidence than to prove ki ye hua hai yeah. because you know again there's no and and also the reason that defamation becomes up more is because women are scared to go to court because they're going to be subjected to all kinds of questioning all kinds of character assassination if they go to court yeah. so they hold back in going to court but the harasser is like okay you know because the harasser is usually you know a cis male yeah. so they're like chalo let's cis do it what do we have to lose cis male is is a binary you know male like someone who was assigned male at birth and they're identify as male okay they as male. Yeah. just so everyone is <laughs> yeah, on the same yeah. page because uh cis male i know what it is i think i'm a cis male yeah. uh, so i know uh, but uh, lots of people don't understand that uh, that branding yet. yeah yeah or that that, that categorization yet. yeah okay um usually it's going to be that yes usually they're also going to be quite comfortable in the kind of environment that a court is a court is not a it's a very patch sorry patriarchal environment yeah. you know yeah. and it can it it also borders on being a misogynist environment 100% right? what do you mean borders it is y- yeah exactly yeah. you know aap dekho even in our own families like it's always said ki yaar aap jo hai apni khala ko ya apni biwi ko court pe nahi ghasit ke aana court mein ghasitna kyu hota hai bro you can just walk into it but that's just the kind of place it's understood to be be for women yeah you know i mean i mean look at like there were videos of misha walking through the courts and if i was misha i mean she has like a lot of guts i wouldn't feel safe with all of those men thronging me and you know making comments about me and asking me questions like that experience in itself would be very traumatizing sure, you know and sure. then and and you're going into the court to recount something that is even more traumatizing you know so just courts are very misogynist places like it it really you know scares me that the idea of maybe having to go to court allah rahm kare how do you how do you sort that kind of thing out though do you do you encourage more women to become lawyers i do think that definitely more female judges and more female uh lawyers because again they are better equipped uh to hold space for you know other women, cis women yeah. and gender minorities etc right um and so they can practice empathy within the courtrooms uh, but but like again cis men who are born into the system and who are taught that this is a system that privileges you then they practice according to that system right because they don't have no reason they're not invested in breaking away from it sure um but do you think all cis men are conscious of their privilege no the, and the reason that i say this is because i have so many friends close friends close family members jin ko agar galti se bhi bol do na ki yes all men 
they will go off on how can you say that about me and and you know like are, are you saying that I'm a harasser? I, I, are you saying that? I, but when we say yes, all men, we what we are basically meaning is that all men are privileging from patriarchy, right? In some way or the other, and they may not be aware of it, but they're still using that privilege to their advantages. But you see, you, you see how they might feel unfairly branded or grouped, right? You see it. That's a, a good question. I see it, right? But I think that if you're faced with a statement like that and it makes you uncomfortable, then the response is not to get defensive. The response is to sit with that and figure out what the truth in it is that is applying to your life. Sure. Right? Sure, yeah. And then work with that. Sure. Because, yeah. I mean, it, the onus should not fall on women to educate and to change, you know, all the time. Right? Men need to do some work. No, 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 of course. Men need to do some work. Um, but I do feel, yeah, I do feel sometimes if you take that position writ large, na, ke, yeah, it's not on me to educate how you, you on how you were wrong, then... Like, no one's going to take responsibility. Obviously, main to, main, main to, I'm priv, I'm, if I'm privileged and I'm benefiting from this society, I'm going to go, okay, no, It's just one interaction. Unless, obviously, you're talking mm. to your sister, your mother, your wife, or your daughter, someone of that sort. Uh, or any, any friend who's a minority or any of those things. Um, but then, too, I do feel, and I know it gets exhausting. Yeah, right? yeah. It, it must. How could it not, yeah. right? Having these conversations. But I feel like just to... Say that off the bat, na, ke yaar, dekho, if you don't understand it, that's your problem. I feel like it's our problem and it needs to be spoken about like that. You no, know? no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, when I say that it's not the onus of, you know, someone yeah. to educate another person, I mean that if in a particular moment someone is saying that I don't have the energy for this conversation or the energy to teach you, yeah. then it, it, that's perfectly okay for them to say. Of course. And, and you should respect that. You should yeah. say, okay, you know, I understand that. You don't have a responsibility to teach me. And then you should go out and learn yourself. You should maybe talk to other people who at that point have the space to be able to sure. teach you. Sure. You can go read books. You can go on Google, YouTube. You know, there's so many resources other than that one person who at that point in time doesn't in that, have the, in the, at that right? point yeah yeah i think jab all men wanta my take on it is a very philosophical one yeah uh, so epistemology is the philosophy of knowledge yeah. right all men as a statement literally just means women are so at risk so threatened that unless a man proves otherwise they don't know all men are a threat yeah yeah that's it, it uh, you know do I take it personally? I, th I feel like I should yeah. because I am a threat until I prove otherwise. Just, just physiologically speaking, uh, cis men, could, that, that's again a, a, a philosophical and a psychological and a political thing, but just physiologically speaking, men on average are physically stronger than women. Hmm. Yeah. It's just like that in and of itself and then, then you factor into that the instances of violence, the instances of, uh, you know, sexual harassment, rape, the instances of, um, you know, abuse in, in all sorts of situations, domestic, otherwise. Um, yeah, man, all men, yeah, you know, yeah. until because, proven otherwise. Because when I, uh, I have stopped walking my dog because, uh, especially uh -huh. after the Noor thing happened, 
I was just so like stressed walking down the street because the pu the public space, the roads are filled with men, right? And there's like f a few women here and there. And I would walk down the street and I would constantly feel like, okay, looking at me, Allah do I need to figure out how to react in this situation? Because you're constantly in high alert. And that that stuff is actually really bad for your nervous system 100%, to be in like dude. constant fight and flight. But as a woman, when I'm in a public space, and especially when I'm alone, I'm in constant fight or flight mode. Of course. Because well, I'm yeah. constantly like alert and trying to judge if I'm safe or not, right? So, so without a doubt, yeah. uh, the thing with Noor was a tragedy, right? Yeah. With, 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 without the shadow of a doubt, yeah. it was, right? But I could not for the life of me understand, and I tried to, huh. right? I couldn't understand... I couldn't make sense of the visceral reactions that some of the the f women in my life uh, had to it. Like, I had a friend literally shut down. She couldn't talk to me, right? Yeah. And this is a person who I talk to all the time and we have great banter about all sorts of things, right? Yeah. All sorts of jokes, yeah. you know, about misogyny, capitalism, all those things. Like, you know, and, and you know, there's something to be said about comedy being an apparatus for understanding pain and all those things. Say fair, right? Mm she just couldn't talk to me right and as a man I think irrespective of how tragic it's been and how much I understand tragedy and pain and all those things I think I just cannot empathize with how on edge women are anyways and I suppose what happened was just a realization of all the fears or, or a lot of the fears that women hold anyways it, it, it drove it home yeah. I mean I was like uh uh, because I didn't immediately stop going out for my walks with my dog. Uh, I had, like, in the two, three days afterwards, I had two fights with separate men because they were looking at me or uh, and they were being weird. And I was so angry because I was like, when is it going to end, right? Like, women are literally being beheaded in such a... Like, wh what is the change? When will it end? I don't see it ending, right? So I was, I was just so frustrated and yeah. so angry because, listen, no, uh, like, section of society deserves to live that way. Absolutely Like, not. we don't deserve to live in constant fear. Nope. And we don't, every time, like, you go, every day, every other day, we are reminded of how us and other gender minorities are, are at risk, right? Like, like look, at, look at, there's no value of, of a trans life. In no. this in this no. country, a trans woman is getting murdered, right? I can't um, like. Yeah, Mohammed Muiz uh, shared uh, statistics on this. I, I can't rem quite remember what it was, but it was. I think uh, they said that it was ten times higher the the the, the uh, percentage of trans women being murdered was ten times ten x higher than. Normal murder, normal like, murder yeah, rates, yeah, and, and normal yeah. murder rates as it is, is not yeah, something yeah. to be scoff to scoff at. Um, it's just, but again, you know, as someone who's always hoped that conversation will, in the end, uh, be a way forward, I just don't know how to talk to these people who would do such a thing. You know, like how do you? Where do I begin? Yeah, like with that conversation. Like what do you? Would you say because once you've killed or, someone, then you've crossed a line. But even then, even if you haven't killed someone, right? If you sit here and tell me, Usne to kuch kiya hoga, how do I have a conversation with you then? What did she do that was worth worth this? And immediately they'll backtrack and be like, Oh no no no, I'm not saying that 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 she did anything to deserve this. Well, well then what are you saying? Why are you wasting this space? Why are you vocalizing when you have nothing to say? Yeah, that's 
very interesting. Yeah, what do you say to a person like that? Because it's, yeah, I have no answer for that, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, what... Are we, we're talking about the Noor case, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, she, like, she was killed, and you were still talking about kid, why was she there, and what was this, and what I was mean, that. She, she could be in any place. Yeah, still and, doesn't and, and to it be. could happen to her. She could be walking down the street, and a man could kill her, and that happens, right? She yeah. could have been in her, if she was like, she could have been a little girl in her own home, and her own father could have killed her. You know, so what, what do the little girls in their own homes whose fathers are killing them and raping them, what, are, what did, did they do? I th- and I think the conversation needs to backtrack much, much, much more and be stripped down to what we were saying earlier about subjectivity. Whereas to be able to have these conversations, all parties that are engaging in these conversations need to realize that they can be wrong. Right? Oh, dude, yeah, at the very least. Like, instead of being so like, you know, challenge that thought. Like, if you're thinking that challenge ke kya kiya hoga khud is anything that she must have done justifiable for what happened to her right so yeah that's i don't know what the solution is to be honest and it really scares me yeah because hamara scene kya hai ki hum ek na echo chamber mein rehte hain 100% that is slowly awakening to uh, these conversations and is slowly more open to these conversations but Society at large is nowhere near being ready for these conversations. Well, but that, right? That. But also, then the problem is it's a problem of dichotomies and extremes, na? So, one yeah. side extreme is that they say, "No, don't talk about this. Just, you know, fuck it. Yeah. Don't ignore it or kill it or yeah. whatever, right?" Yeah. But the other side, the ultra-liberal left, there. Huh. There is also a problem because they'll cancel literally everything, uh, right? Yeah. They'll cancel everything. Everything is triggering. You know. What ha- ends up happening is then you trivialize those words. Triggers, till about a year, two years ago, was a very context-heavy, mm. psychological term, yeah. right? Yeah. It wasn't meant to be used for my pink socks triggering yeah. you. you know, it wasn't yeah. meant to be used like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and so we do end up, <clears throat> we do end up trivializing words, and you you can't understand that to be devoid of consequence that will have consequences. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. I do think that there needs to be a, a balance and I do think that uh, the very, the new liberal, uh, you know, side, uh, uh, you know, camp ju- does t- tend to take it to the extreme. And again, you have to allow leeway for the fact that there could be, you know, that, that there's subjectivity, right? That's what it comes down to. Because then you're just making enemies by being very stuck in what you yeah. think is right, yeah. right? You're just ostracizing other people. Well, ostracize the other. I think uh, the one thing I've learned, if I've learned anything, Allah Rahim is that you have to avoid antagonism. Mm. And the thing is, in a society like this, where so much is non-verbal, so yeah. much is pre-verbal, so much is gestures and yeah. looks and feints and you know gestures and you know you, smacking your lips and winking at people, so much is pre-verbal. Yeah, you have to avoid antagonism, and it's so difficult sometimes. Just say, "I'm saying," leading up to you not going out uh, to walk your dog, uh, two fights. I think those fights. I can imagine those fights must have been justified because. People take immense liberty with women. Men, yeah. men yeah. take immense liberty with women, minorities of any sort. Effeminate men, yeah. trans yeah. men, trans yeah. women, uh, children. Yeah. You know, yeah. anyone who is not. But like, yeah, anyone who, and in that moment, 
cannot dominate them yeah, actually right vulnerable. even other men by the yeah. way other cis yeah. men even yeah. anyone who in that moment cannot yeah. dominate them yeah because i think we are a society ruled governed by fear yeah sorry you know that's huh. okay governed by fear and i i think aise mein i suppose weapon a batman ban jao weaponize fear i don't know i don't know what the solution is it, it has to be something crazy like that though i think Us, it, it's as simple as look it's as simple as our institutions it's our families right because because cis men and cis men who do wrong are coming out of families who told them that ye kar lo they have been going to schools where they've been told ki ye kar lo right o- often not by other cis men though you understand yeah, no, like but it's, it's, yeah but generally by the way that society is structured so so that's what i'm trying to say there is a complete overhaul required but how do we do that overhaul till everybody is on board right matlab yeah i'll tell you how it's very very simple yeah. you if you've induced the fear of god into these people so yeah. any there needs to be absolute consequence yeah. then isme to koi masla hi nahi hai ki like you know uh, so i had a i had a person on prem emon i had on the podcast and she actually spoke about what deters rape uh, sexual harassment and rape more than anything else so she's like and she quoted some statistics that my you know i obviously do not remember yeah. but she was like hey, more than even the the severity of the punishment is the, the fear of going of fear of going is 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 the is the uh, percentage of incrimination like are they likely to get caught uh. right because if if i have a 95% chance of getting caught and put to whatever punishment yeah then i won't do it versus if chalo uh, the 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 punishment is chemical castration the punishment is public hanging yeah but i have like a 5% chance of that happening to me dude i'll take those yeah. odds you know yeah. like whatever yeah. well, what's yeah. going to happen you know yeah. that's why we keep running red lights because it might be that a police wala will stop us but there's so many variables might be that a police wala will stop us there might be that he'll actually charge us and might be will be ticketed and we might have to pay yeah Do you see? Chances of that are very low. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think in the in the context of like harassment and violence against gender minorities, uh, including women, is that there needs to be. But ये तो ये तो actually this is even doable. कि आप judiciary को reform करें, आप जो हमारे जो law enforcement agencies हैं, उनको reform करें and क्या कहते हैं, you know, um, gear them towards. taking action against sexual violence or gender based violence and or, or harassment and uh, punish them you know yeah, because that's the system simple, is in place yeah that system is in place and i you know like we forget schools forget families society at large i think if just the judiciary and the law enforcement agencies get it together then this particular problem of sexual violence sexual harassment you know yeah. gender based violence is going to decrease you know it well, has to decrease well, like, i mean i mean th- the thing is make it know, easier to convict them in the in the, the in inherent to empowerment of the minorities is to make them feel like they're not all on their own by themselves yeah. you know yeah. because jis tarike se cheez ja rahi hai you know how far away do you think we are from actual vigilantism yeah. you know yeah. because it's getting really really bad yeah. Yeah. you know it's it's getting there man it, it's it's not good we're not we're not headed in the right direction i think yeah i agree with that uh and that is also really pertinent to me because i don't think that i could have like i said done what i did without 
it, unless Misha had done it. So that was empowering for me to know that I'm not going to be completely alone, that there are people out there who get where I'm coming from and who are going to stand in support of me because I had seen them already do that for her, right? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, empowering gender minorities and all sorts of minorities, they, a, a very intrinsic part of that is letting them know that they're hurt. Yeah. You know, letting them know that society is creating a safe space for them to speak their truth, the, basically. So, so, creating a safe space? So that society is a safe space, man. Like, just, just writ large, period. Like, why should, why should, so what happens, nervous system, uh, what ends up happening if you are on high alert all the time is you go into this th this thing called adrenal fatigue. Uh, so your adrenal glands yeah. uh, secrete epinephrine, yeah. which is adrenaline, right? Yeah. And they do it because fight or flight or for that it's like that magic uh, material or whatever for that moment. Yeah. But if they they're not meant to be releasing it 24 7. All the time, yeah. Right? So if they do, um, your body gets fucked up. You know, you, you're really always tired. No wonder you're always tired because, you, you know, your, your pancre uh, pancreas, your, your adrenal glands are just done, man. Yeah. And that's when you go into adrenal fatigue, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, no one should. No one should have to live like that. You know, yeah. think about it. No one should have to live under that fear of something obscene like that happening. No. And. I mean, now that you're saying it, I totally get it because that's what happened with me. Because, you know, uh, this stuff was preceded by a year, year and a half of already very um, stressful stuff for me. And then uh, a couple of months after what happened happened, I sort of just crashed, like I was telling you. I just did not have the energy to do anything. Like, even my basic survival stuff, I couldn't do. But that makes sense, no? Because I was, like, in this constant state of stress for so long. And all, the pandemic obviously contributed to that, as it did for all of us, right? So, yeah, I mean... Adrenal fatigue. Yeah, adrenal, adrenal fatigue. fatigue. It's a yeah, thing. It's 100% yeah. a thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here's what's interesting, right? A large portion of our uh, our women population actually fit the f the physical actually have the physical features that go with adrenal oh, fatigue also no so adrenal fatigue when your body goes into adrenal fatigue it goes into such such a survival state that it's like uh, we don't need musculature in our arms and legs yeah. just protect yeah, the base organs right so notice for whatever reason, if they're inducing, if, if adrenal fatigue is something that they suffer from, no muscle in their yeah. legs, bums, everything yeah. gone, right? Yeah. Atrophy in their arms, yeah. right? Even neck, yeah. face, only thing that's protected, so, so bellies, big yeah. bellies, yeah. right? Yeah, interesting. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's that, man, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's science yeah. <laughs> at this point, you know? And, and adrenal fatigue is a very, very, very scary thing. And because it's like your body uh, turning on itself, you and know? And you asked why so many of us had such a visceral reaction to what happened with Noor. And that is because, for like for me, I think I started producing a little bit more adrenaline because yeah. I got a little bit more scared, you know? And other people just sort of shut down because they just couldn't deal with it. It was too much for their nervous systems, you know? And that's why... Because we also saw ourselves in her. That's it, like, no? we could easily have been in her position, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Like, like I said, like I could have been born in the wrong household, and I wouldn't even have to leave my house for that to happen to me. Sure. Right. You know, I I think there is something to be said though about how much cognitive dissonance there is, because I think a large part of the fear also comes from. Um, lots of women do go over to other people's houses, yeah. you know. Yeah. But we don't ever want to even talk about that or admit that yeah, they instead of ostracizing them, that you just develop conventions that they're safe. You cannot judge them for doing what they're doing, man. It's their life. You yeah, know? and and uh, these are if they're doing something wrong, that morality and those norms are very specific to your so- social and cultural context. Yeah. So allow for so like if if a girl who lived in a society that was you know less conservative than ours, and she went over to a guy's house and he did what that monster did would that be acceptable because she's only acting according to the norms and morality of her you know society and her culture so like where do you draw the line then just because we live in this society we have to subscribe to your morality and if we don't and something happens to us then it's our fault like what's yeah, but the, I think a lot of us we won't speak about this because we Somewhere, I feel like we also think that we're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, so yeah. I, sometimes I do feel uh, feel that if there was just a more honest conversation about how people have felt. So a, a friend of mine, uh, they actually said this. They were like, yeah, you know, I hook up with my partners all the time in uh, just, you know, random, random spaces. And... and what are you going to do? That's just what it is, man. That's the nature of the game. Like, if you're going to do it, like, I can't, if, if I am any kind of friend to this person, I can't be like, I need to first be like, okay. if you're fucking all right, then what am I supposed, yeah. you know, we don't have to ascribe to the same kind of morality. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Holding space. I can think that you're doing something wrong and still care about you. Yeah. You know? And, like, st- and still have basic humanity towards you and yes. not want you to get hurt yes. and, you know, yes. not yes. want you to suffer. Yeah. And at the same time, absolutely think that you're wrong. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. No yeah. You can absolutely be wrong. But also, I really hope that you're always all right, inshallah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that if there's anything that you need from me to be all right, like, that's always on the table, yeah. you know? Because th- that's what holding is, essentially. It's not complicated. You don't have to go through a degree in psychology to get it. You, know, what, you what, just what? have to have empathy. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's good. Um, but, but, but yeah, I, I feel like there's just so much, so many taboos around having that conversation of, you know, oh, in Pakistan, no one has sex in Pakistan uh, before marriage. Uh, there's no, you know, extramarital affairs, not in Pakistan. Like, dude, there's no drugs in Pakistan. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Take a breath, dude. You Come know, on. like, it... it it happens here. Yeah. And and it's just because it's been outlawed in the like in the law even by society doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Yeah. So allow for it to happen uh-huh. and find ways to make it safe. Like uh-huh. we don't have conversations about consent with our children. Right? No, no. And, and, and so do we have conversations about sex? I've, I don't, don't remember what. <laughs> we don't. And the and the problem is that we need to have conversations with our children about uh, consent and sexual consent because the younger they are the more vulnerable they are that's when they need it you know like they don't need to be finding out that 
you know, what consent is when they're in their 30s and then think back on the experiences they had and be like, oh, that was wrong. That was not consensual. Just to, just give them the tools to protect themselves. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I, I don't know how, how we go about at least convincing the parents that, look, first thing, if it's halal, hai, in some uh, context, halal, uh, hai, no? uh. even if you take a very religious perspective to yeah. it, if in some context it's halal, then at least in that context, they should know not to understand it to be something dirty. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't know this, but you, you've actually been, you know, you, you've struggled with mental health as a thing. Yes, you, yes. You want to get into that? Yeah, so... My, I've uh, sort of always had depression. I think ever as a teen, as since a teenager, the first time that I thought about killing myself was when I was like 12 or 13, right? So this has been, depression has been a thing throughout my life. Uh, in my 20s, it got particularly bad uh, because I got into a relationship and I was, I realized that, oh, like relationships are things that you can escape into, right? And not have to deal with your pain. And, and then I got into the cycle of like a toxic relationship after another. And each time there was a toxic relationship, my mental health would get worse, worse and worse. So depression, tha, depression, ke saad, anxiety, bhi aage. then there were things like not impulsivity, not being able to control. If I know that I'm doing something wrong, but not being able to control it, you know, things like that. that. Career, yeah. And yeah. then I also did drugs on top of it that messed with my chemical imbalance even more. Yeah. So and like I was telling you, I ended up in the psych ward at Aga Khan three times uh, for various reasons. But each time it was like, you know, now you are an, an active threat to yourself. So now you need to go into a place where you can't hurt yourself in, in, in any way, emotionally or physically. So that has been a very integral part of my journey. Yes. How, how have... How so now you're, 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 you've recovered yes. now? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But there's healing is like not a linear process. No, absolutely not. You know, there's still days when I'm extremely depressed, I'm extremely anxious, but my coping mechanisms are not drugs. My coping yeah. mechanisms aren't like, you know, toxic relationships. It's I have healthy coping mechanisms, yeah. which is what recovery which is. Which could be anything, journaling, yeah, all journaling, of those things. Yeah, journaling, meditating, yoga, yeah, talking to my friends. Listening to music, dude, whatever. Listening to music. My dog, she's a major, you know. What's her name? Her name's Fauna. Fauna, so yeah. Cute. Fauna and Flora. Uh, sure, I get it. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm not that old. It's fine. Uh, uh, but how was how was your experience throughout that all? Because again, we've been sp speaking about societal imperatives and societal discourse. We don't really have a fine-tuned societal discourse around mental health. Mental health, we do not. So, I actually got really lucky. I don't know what would have happened if my family was any different from who they were. My parents were like, they, when, I, when I used to be in the psych ward, visiting time every day at six o'clock, they would be waiting outside. They would take me to my therapist's appointments. You know, my dad, to, the, uh, to this day, because I used to be in a lot of medicines, but now I'm just on like two medicines. My no, dad used to like those boxes of medicines, which organizers organized, you know. So uh, I was uh, very sheltered from the negative because of my friends and family. Even my friends put up with a lot, you know, and they loved me wholeheartedly throughout all of it. Um, but there were things like, like I remember 
in my, during my second time in the psych ward, I was like, okay, I'm going to have an open conversation about this. I'm going to openly talk about this on my social media, which is kind of, you know, my MO. And I used to do these funny updates from the psych ward on my Facebook, and those were public updates. So I used to get some really mean messages from people saying, you know, like, why do you think that we want to see your psychotic shit on our, you know, uh, newsfeed? Other people would be like, thank you for doing what you're doing. You're doing, you know, whatever. But there were a lot of people who just didn't want to acknowledge it or see it or interact with it. That it And that there's this ugliness that exists in people, you know, or this, like, complicatedness. So, yeah. And then I've also, like, you know, I've had, again, cis men use my mental health against me and, you know, gaslight me and say, you know, like, you, you're crazy. And if I'm upset at something, you know, did you not take your meds today? You know, so I've also interacted Shit. with people like that, you know. But overall, alhamdulillah, I've been very lucky. Alhamdulillah. Mostly because of my family and my friends. But I think that's what your dad did. I, I will. I would want to come back. It, I need. We. I would like we unpack gaslighting, no? Yeah. Because yeah. again, it is a word that is trivialized. It is something that is done to rape victims, rape yeah. survivors, right? Yeah. And we. Again, trivialize it in societal discourse. Some will say, "Yar, I don't drink coke, nee pee, to mujhe yeah. Yeah. just don't use the word. Na. Please yeah. don't. Yeah. Have some respect for the word. Yeah. Um, I think what your dad, the, the one thing that you told me about your dad, but also your parents just showing up every day, I think that's super powerful simply because more than anything else, societal suicidal ideations come from a lack of meaning. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you understand try to understand it from an existential standpoint mm-hmm. from a philosophical standpoint, they come from. आपको ये महसूस होने लगता है कि मेरे होने ना होने से किसी को फर्क नहीं पड़ेगा और मेरा कोई मेरा होना ना होना कोई माने नहीं रखता, right? And in that in that darkness, if there is your dad every day reminding you through his presence, and they have to, you can't just tell someone who's going through yeah, that कि यार मैं हूँ आपके लिए फक ऑफ टू दैट इज वर्क यू नो मैं सो थ्रू हिज प्रेजेंस एवरी डे जस्ट एवरी वीक जस्ट शोइंग यू नो 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 वे स्टिल हेयर यू स्टिल वेरी मच वॉन्टेड आई थिंक दैट सुपर पावरफुल मैन नो आई इट्सिवलीम्स इन माई लाइफ वेर आई बिन वेरी क्लोज टू यू नो बींग लाइक ओके नाउ आई एम गो डू इट एंड आई एम ऑल्सो सेट अ डेट फॉर इट बट एवरी टाइम इट्स बिन लाइक डू आई कॉन्ट for for my parents because they're going to be devastated how do i do that to my parents how do i do that to my brothers and my nieces and nephews you know and that's held me back every time and it's you know like you can argue that you shouldn't want to live for other people but in those moments it really pulls you back why you should know? you want to live for them yeah, yeah that's yeah. Just like nonsense if, if you what? don't feel like you have anything else then that is a good survival mechanism yeah. so yeah. It, it it actively i'm aware that it has pulled me back often in my life yeah from doing it you know allah rahm kare Um have you been open about wanting to do it? I've uh in I've always if I'm seeing a therapist during that point in time I let them know. Um but I except for one friend that I once told when I was going a pretty going through a particularly dark period I don't usually tell anyone. I just you know think about it and then I plan it and then I set a date for it and then you know something or the other happens where I'm lucky enough to be pull back from it you know and realize and also like i'm a religious person so god plays a big role in this like i don't want to die and waste the life that has been given to me by divine intelligence you know so that that has also been a really big deal because 
the societal imperative again on, on any of those things is ki uh, just become more religious and then you'll be ah, fine ah, ah. people don't understand that these are chemical imbalances that your brain's just not wired the same way as someone else's is you know it takes a lot of work not just chemical imbalances but like neural pathways ha- have formed in your brain that gear you towards thinking in a certain way and uh, and a lot of active work goes into undoing those yeah. and a person can't do it alone you no. know i can't imagine like there is uh, like it makes me really sad to say this but i used to go to the psych ward uh, i over like i would say four five year year period i went there thrice and the first time i went there there was a kid there who was like 17 years old aur usko na wahan la ke chhod diya tha wo literally roz puchta tha ki koi mujhse milne aa raha hai wo mujhe aaj lene aa rahe then and he had schizophrenia uh, you know uh, and the next time i went there he was there and the third time i went there he was there and this is like you know years two years apart Shit. all of these instances and every time i went there he would already be there before i got there and he would not have left when i would when i was leaving and because his his family just didn't want to do the work with him so they would just dump him in the psych ward or wo psych ward ko paise dete rehte hain wo wahan pe reh raha hai wo wahan pe but but the thing is that his schizophrenia schizophrenia was not it to a level where he couldn't come back from it or where it couldn't be managed you know i used to talk to him we used to have conversations about everything about movies and about all the stuff like that so he was very like present it's just that he probably needed some sort of medication some sort of therapy just work needed to be put on him into him right or us couldn't like i feel like that i still when i think about him i get really sad because i'm like no one gave that kid a chance right his family didn't give him a chance to get better yeah so what is his life going to be like now you know and and i'm cognizant here we want to give the family a fair shake as well ki yaar you know aapki bhi apni majboorian hongi wagaira wagaira but at some point you do feel like yeah some anger is warranted yeah. like yeah theek hai to phir kyun paida kiya yeah yeah like you if know? you don't want to do that yeah yeah absolutely and also like you know like aga khan is in terms of psych wards it's uh, one of the more expensive top psych wards in the city if someone has the privilege the so- so- social and economic privilege to put their kid in there for months and be able to pay lakhon mein wo bill then that person also has the privilege to bring that person home and you know help them in some way or, or afford therapy for them or afford medication for them or just and it does take an emotional toll a toll it took a really heavy emotional toll on my parents but they didn't give up on me and in in if if it happened to one of my nieces and nephews i won't give up on them because you know they're my blood yeah. like you don't do that to your you, family you, you don't do that to your family you you can't do that to your family allah rahm kare if if you know and if we start doing that to our family to phir matlab then you don't be giving up on any everyone right then, then don't be confused you. that this moshra is the way it yeah. is don't don't yeah. get confused yeah. i don't want your outrage then i don't want oh nahi everything is jaise yeah. then if that's what you're going to do um but in particular you said that you were uh, there was ye prescription medicine was a big how, how do you because so many self medication is a big thing yeah, in pakistan yeah. right how do you advise people i know you're not 
ex- an expert on this, but how do you tell people to navigate that space? Because there's so many people right now, popping legsies or whatever, just trying to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, I think, so that's how I started with this medication. Uh, I started with, you know, Lexotinil and Xanax and then like sleep meds. And then it became like nerve relaxants, pain medications, right? And I thought when I started that I was just managing my emotions, you know, just trying to get by. But what I didn't know was that it was actively really dangerous for me to be doing it myself and to not be doing it without a doctor, right? Because it became twice as hard for me to heal and to recover because my brain brain chemistry was totally up and down because no one was monitoring my intake, right? So one big piece of advice that I have is that if you can't sleep or if you can't get through the day and you feel like you need some sort of medication to help you, that's totally fine. But go to a doctor and have the doctor prescribe what they feel is right, right? And other thing is that you have to be very careful about the doctor that you go to. Because I, in the middle, went to this one doctor. And uh, my parents had found out that I was having all sorts of these different pills, so they'd become really vigilant. And they weren't letting me have access to these pills. So I would go into that doctor's office, and I would make up symptoms to get him to give me what I knew he would give me in response to those symptoms. And then I ended up on a cocktail of six medicines that I was on for three years because because then I couldn't function without them, right? And then it became really difficult for me. Now I have a really good uh, psychiatrist who's brought it down to two, and we are working on, you know, figuring out what the right amount is. And also... Lastly, with medicines, you have to be very patient, you know. You have to let them take effect, or if they don't work for you, you have to go into the doctor's office and tell them, the doctor, this isn't working, let's try something else. It's not, no. not an instant fix. Because no. if you go for the instant fix ones, then you're really going down a bad road. Yes, know? and also, I think, is it fair for me to say here that often when you feel like you can get through the day without a pill, yeah, that's again cognitive dissonance you actually can get through it without you could do something else meditate more exercise more uh, yeah work out yes uh, uh i agree with that but when you're really suffering and yeah. you can't get yourself to do anything you know then it it, it doesn't even seem possible that sure. you can do it you know because i still have days where i'm like okay i should journal but i just can't get myself to do it yeah you know um yeah. but again it's okay. Take the medicine, but don't do it by yourself. No. Just get an appointment and go to that appointment and do it with a doctor. You know, that's my biggest piece of advice. In, in speaking about all this, now I think you've been very brave, but in speaking about all this, mashallah say, uh, don't you fear that you have opened yourself up to more character assassination? So, uh, I mean, me and my dad were talking about this and he was like, well, you know, like you're psych ward updates are there on social media for anyone to see like like my daughter you put it out there for the world so you made yourself very vulnerable I don't necessarily care what people say about me because mashallah say I have such a strong and doting family and also friends that have been with me for like a long time and I know they'll stick by me and they know all of this about me I think rather than being scared and not sharing this about myself, that serves no purpose for me. The better purpose is that I share this so someone out there listens and feels like, okay, you know, there's hope for me or what 
if she can get through it, maybe I can get through it in this Inshallah, way. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so like I said, vulnerability is like, yeah. I'm not scared of vulnerability. No. I, because there's always going to be people who are going to say bad things about you and there's going to be people who love you regardless of what you yeah. do. You know? Yeah, but, but okay, I meant in the context of, of yeah, yeah. Me, me too. And, uh, still, you, you don't you care. Do, yeah, I don't care. Use it against me. You can't use it against me if I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of it. Use it. Find a way to use it against me. I will also use it for me, you know? That's as simple as that. Super powerful. Yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Um, मुझे याद पड़ता है कि आई डोंट नो समवन विक्टर फ्रेंकल समवन सेड दिस समवन सेड एग्जैक्टली दिस के द ओनली थिंग दैट एक्चुअली कैन नॉट बी टेकन अवे फ्रॉम यू इज योर एबिलिटी टू रिस्पॉन्ड टू योर सिचुएशन Yeah. At the end of the day, that's the only choice that yeah. can't be taken away from yeah. you. Every other thing can be taken yeah. away from you. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. How what you're going to eat, how when you're going to sleep and all those things, but that in that in that moment, in that epoch of time, that yeah. brief whatever 2-3 second where you get to make that decision, that still cannot be taken away from you. whatever co- consequences be damned, right? Yeah. Whatever consequences yeah. will come will come. Yeah. But at least that cannot be taken away from you. And I think that's super powerful key, you know, if I don't give it to you, How are you going to use it against me? Yeah, just use it against me. I'm not going to be silent. No, you no, know, no, no. what is the truth is the truth. I'm going to speak it very openly. And the truth is that there's good parts of me and there's bad parts of me. And I am not going to hide any of it. Like you can use, try to use it against me. But again, what's the I'm point not, of that? Yeah, like I'm not what's scared of myself or what people think about me. You know. Yeah, let him get it. How? how do we though as a society uh begin to be more understanding of the me too movement because i feel like jo jo response aata hai na uska yeah like most of the people who are responding to this stuff are not people of like i would never think that these people are you know uh, somehow guilty yeah. about any of this but they still regardless they like yaar aurte bhi kharab hoti hai ha yaar hoti hai but why are you saying that You know, like, चलो आपकी बात अगर सही भी होती पॉइंट वाईंगटैकटी जनरली वेस्टर्न प्रोपगैंडूटिफुलट and start because ye bahut hota hai na ki ab to main kisi ko dm bhi nahi kar sakta ya kar sakti because it can be used against me right yeah. uh stop being afraid of that and realize that if you are in a situation the reason that the me too movement is powerful is because if you are in a situation or someone you love is in a situation then the me too movement provides a platform for them to get their justice right and Yeah, I think we're just scared of it because we'd rather ostracize it than do the work that it's calling us to do on ourselves. You think we're being lazy? That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, we're just we just there's this inertia to change, right? That we don't want to do. I actually, you know, now I tell my friends uh, that if someone comes to you and they say to you that I was sexually harassed or Let that him. you know yeah. someone sexually abused me. you should go through a checklist in your head you should not ask them what happened you should not ask them who who did it you should just tell them i believe you like unequivocally and i i support you that's how you should I deal with fair. that yeah. yeah 
you know i'm i'm trying to rack my mind around it now i'm, I'm like what if what if they're like a uh, duplicitous person what if there's insidious machinations at play like so th- th- then what nikal aayega i truly believe that 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 because you can't hide a lie for too long what nikal aayega automatically you know so yeah also in this moashra i i don't think there's a lot of cloud to be gained by there absolutely yeah, isn't you know? i was just kare. thinking that ki there's no cloud to be Kya gained kya milega is like, like aapko like 20% kuch favor milega and then the rest of it like 7 80% is going to be people you know galiyan de rahe hain aur you know like just ostracizing you and again jo aapko wo 20% jo favor milega wo hamare apne echo chamber mein milega so so we're good to go till 6 na then you yeah, have to yeah, you have yeah, the, huh, huh. Yeah, yeah yeah because i i i am also trying to be my i'm i'm trying to be mindful okay. of of things of the timings uh, yeah because i don't have a clock in here okay i and, and i think that's by design you should not have a clock you should just i talk. i don't have a clock in my phone but then i'm like i'm always looking at my phone so now i'm considering getting a clock fair that's also mujhe, fair mujhe time ka thoda hota hai ki i should know how much time is passing by yeah fair enough ye bhi to hota hai na ki i think part of the rise in or or degradation of a mental societal mental health also has to do with how uh, much we consume social media right oh to, yeah to that end and also because social media is used as a coping mechanism and it's a very maladaptive coping mechanism 100% like i spend i found myself spending hours on social media because i just didn't want to think or feel anything right yeah. but then wo social media has its own effect sure. on you like you're comparing yourself and you're feeling shit about your life and you know but not only the, 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 that just the scrolling aap you notice karoge yeah. you'll find yourself uh, again and again tapping into like whatever your, your uh, platform of choice is again yeah. and again and just swiping up for that one more hit yeah. abhi kitne likes yeah. hai abhi kitne yeah. views hai and, yeah. and I found myself doing that I'm just like dude listen to me yeah, man you guys yeah, take a breath take yeah. a what's going on yeah. here buddy take a breath yeah. right it's 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 a lot it's but actually very addictive it yeah, is yeah. an actual addiction it's, meant to it's be. been one of my hardest addictions to be honest but it's it's meant to be yeah. no? i think yeah. how else are they going to but i think usme to that and also a clock helps because then you can just put your phone in the other room or something yeah, you know that's what it's supposed exactly. to be exactly i don't not thinking about looking at my phone that's why i'm thinking about getting a clock yeah I think we need to switch to analog at least a little bit like main kitabe bhi sari matlab phone pe padhta hu that's something that shouldn't die I think I don't know like yeah save the trees also but save your you mental you can get a kindle that doesn't have anything else on it but the books right then you won't be yeah that's okay a kindle is a good idea yeah kindle would work I my parents have kindles uh-huh, they read cute. yeah they're always reading but I can't do kindle yet I need my books You need, need books, my, no yeah, proper. Huh? Need books my, is good. Books, yeah. Bo- bo- so books, a clock. These are good things. A yeah. journal, a physical journal. Yeah, these are good. Physical things. journal is a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because writing something down also has a power. I think getting it out on paper in your own writing. I've heard it has actual psychological benefits. Man, I don't. I can't confirm that. I can't confirm that. I don't okay, know. Okay. Okay. But I've I have heard. Interesting. I'll look into that. I, I read that somewhere. What do you think the future of writing is in Pakistan? Oh, in Pakistan. You know because you're a writer you've always been a writer you've not been anything else Yeah um I think that there were there will always be good writers in Pakistan and there will always be gen- like people who want to read the writing 
But the problem comes in when the writers are not going to be able to make any money. Like I don't expect. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I ex- don't expect to make any money as a journalist or a writer. But I'm privileged to have my family's comfort that comes to me as well. But if someone is, is, you know, is surviving paycheck to paycheck and their choice is between writing and not making any money or, you know, going into the advertising industry, then they're going to go into the advertising industry. And that is going to be a shame because that depletes us of a lot of good writers. I do think that that people need to read more. People don't read more enough, in my opinion. Why why do you think that is? Because now the people are small in their age. You know, the, the yeah. 25s and the 20s and the yeah. 19s and the 18s. They're on social media 24-7. And yeah. yet they're reading less. Yeah. Uh, see, the, the the thing with reading is that it makes gives you a sense of connection to like the larger scheme of things right sure. does that make sense yeah 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 but it's not in like it's not a very strong hit of connection and it's not a very intense you know sort of feeling it social media is an extremely instant and intense hit of connection with an actual other person yep and i think people have gone away from reading because you know i read to escape and to feel connected you know but if i have social media that's going to give me an even intenser hit of that and an even more immediate hit of that then i will just go on my social media which sure. i do no, i spend hours on social media when i'm like thinking i should be reading yeah. you know yeah 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 i think patience and attention span you know these are things that we are losing 100% are 100% yeah. but i'm i'm trying to think uh how can someone make money yeah the bookstores yeah publishers are horrible here yeah with all due respect to anyone who i am talking to right now who is not horrible yeah. most of them are like so i wrote a book right yeah um i just wanted to get, get i just wanted to get it published here as well huh. the yeah liberty books wale log jo hai, yeah oh dude man yeah you know it's just not fun interacting with yeah, them yeah. you know And I'm not like shaming you or whatever. You have your business practices. Books are really expensive. Yeah. They take locally produced books and they mark it up and they sell them at, you know, exorbitant that's prices. That's okay, that's okay. But you know, also... But are, would you give the writer how much? Yes. That's the that's, biggest thing, that's right? That's it. That's you it. Give the writer money. Yeah. I, I don't think we... Uh, I don't think we have appreciation for... Um, Yeah, cognitive capital invested uh, or you know copyright in that uh, way you we know don't, we intellectual don't. property and all those things yeah it's like my musician friends and my artist friends are constantly talking about this that if you ask they disappear or they say exposure mil yeah. because they say that you have to sit on your computer what is your expense you know I learned I spent money that's my expense yeah. you're paying me for that yeah, I think it was insane when I heard that it really I found it ridiculous some really prominent musicians aren't making money yeah they're not I'm making like, money I'm just like what the fuck is wrong yeah. you're not making yeah. money yeah. you're so good yeah and then so, so the thing with me is I'm like without naming any names or brands I'm very political and I'm very like you know like why are you selling out the point of art is to be you know an agent of change but if you're working with the man or with the institution then you're not being an agent of change But at the same time, I'm like, it's, they're like, how do we make money? Then you give us the money. You know, like, you give us the money to make our music, right? Yeah. Like, we have to feed ourselves. We have to buy more equipment. We have to buy more paints, you know, things like that. So it's it's complicated. I think it's just like, 
also a very capitalist thing that as a society we put a lot of you know like value on certain things like, like what? business like okay. doctor like engineer which are very necessary sure. you know yeah. professions yeah but art is also a very necessary thing you think we're going so ek zamane mein artist ki kafi qadar hoti thi uh, you think we're going back to that i think now slowly yeah. i think and and i think the reason for that is that the younger generation of artists have proactively taken their power back and been like okay no look this is what we have we have so much to offer so it is in the music scene especially you know like these these the like uh, Uh, Ali Suhail and uh, Natasha Nurani you know like young stunners these these people are now getting recognition they've been doing you know, it for years they've been doing it for a really long time and yeah. they were deep about it yeah yeah you know they were like karte rahenge dekhna hai to dekho na dekho and now people are finally looking the one thing i appreciate about the young stunners at, at least is also they've not changed their content uh, you know they've yeah, evolved that's great yeah. yeah they've been speaking about more things more pertinent things existentialist themes and all those things yeah. but still also we they are who also all that stuff yeah 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 exactly yeah, you know you have to be you man i, I think There's everyone else is taken. You have to be you. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that Absolutely. a good place to end the podcast? Yeah. You have to be we, you. We can. We can. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but before before I do, I do want to check in with you. Uh, how are you doing now, though? You know, we, we can't talk about uh, openly. We cannot talk about the the whatever's going yeah. on. How are you feeling? Um. Well, things have changed a little since last night. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, overall what i've been feeling is a, a great sense of release and a great sense of being able to let go and move on not only with this thing but there were other things in my life that i was just you know holding on to and unable to move on from it it just all sort of purged and now i'm finally thinking about my future you know i'm hopeful even with this thing i'm hopeful you know So, so I feel after a really long time I feel really good. Was the ho- the hope I from what I understand the hope was never to hurt the other person. No, no, no. The hope no. was just to do it for yourself. Yeah, the hope was this to just get it out and you know just not be thinking about it anymore yeah. and not be weighed down by it anymore. That was the hope. That was always the hope. Yeah. And in, I if people misconstrue it you feel that's on them now you can't really you know yes but i do want to say one thing because you we were talking about council c- culture i do really urge everyone to find out how they can continue to engage with the art first of all like don't cancel the art and secondly find out how you can hold this person and others accountable without shunning them because if you shun them then you're just leaving them to their own you know devices ha- yeah. devices but if you hold them accountable and engage them in conversation then m- maybe you can change things for the better in them and in society at large sure. you know sure. so i don't want anyone to be canceling anyone or anyone to stop listening to anyone's music or stop loving their idol i just want everyone to do it more responsibly uh-huh. you know uh-huh. because I, th- i think that that's that's a large theme of how when we we When we go into this mode of wanton idol worship, the first yeah. thing we do is we renege our responsibility. Ah, yeah, this is okay. Nah, this is what we're doing. We do it. You think anyone's worth cancelling? No, I don't think anyone's worth cancelling. Nobody can do anything that's worth cancelling. I mean, if you murder someone, then you are definitely worth cancelling. If you hurt someone and then refuse to take responsibility for them. and then you 
I don't know. I still think I I am a big believer in, a b- believer in restorative justice as long as it's done right, you know. Do you think there is such a thing as restorative justice? I do think there is such a thing as restorative justice and I I I think it but it needs to be done right, you know. Uh-huh. It 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 needs to be not too much leeway and not cancelling. It needs to be an in between accountability, you know. Accountability is a thing. Yeah. Accountability is a thing. Aisha, thank you for coming on. Thank you for it, having me. It was wonderful thank having you. you. Uh, I I am very glad that you're doing much better now, Alhamdulillah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and a lot of it was uneasy stuff that yeah. we've spoken about. It's, yeah. it's not easy, huh? Yeah. To speak about these things, but I I hope that everything else gets resolved. Thank and you. And everything turns out for the better, inshallah. Thank Do you? Would you like to shout out your social medias? Oh right. So my I mean I just have one like open Instagram yeah. balancing binte. Okay. B but I mean you can tag me. Yeah, right? I will. Yeah. And yeah, that's No YouTube's nothing? No, no. How no, come? No. Uh if con- content creation requires a lot of active effort which I don't put into it and my social media is literally me just talking about random things like my Instagram public account is me just ranting about what I feel. or you know updates about my dog those yeah, okay. are very common of course so it's like a you know personal forum to just yeah. let go and release fair enough but personal forum to just let go and release uh but still balancing binte yeah, is something that they can follow you on aisha kazi assalam alaikum assalam <laughs> alaikum